Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. Stop out that podcast, Len! <laughs> oh, my word. Put my headphones yeah. back on. It's happening. <laughs> you know, I listened to an old podcast and you didn't say that from like the... And it was just not as fun. Well said. <laughs> not as fun at all. Well said. <laughs> did, did, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> did it used to start different? I, I, I don't know. I, I gotta go back and well, listen. I think I started just, hey, what's up at their podcast land? Not yeah, not, not quite the as, yelling uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> See, I really I've always my whole entire life wanted to say, Good morning, <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> And that's where it comes from. And it's official. You now haven't been now able you to have. edit. So, yeah. Oh. That's what, that's literally where it comes that's from. Great. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, wow. yeah, I think I, I've always said it, but I didn't get so excited. It's like the more excited I got, the more you guys liked my intro. So, man, <laughs> I had to, you know, Lisa Miner's comments about it. Yep. Yep. You know. It's so. kind of what we expect by now. I do wonder what the people in Brazil think. Oh, they love me, so they love it. Okay. I was about to say, if they've met him, they, they'll That's understand. True. And most of them have listened to <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. Yep. They're, they yep. are my peeps. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we are in Revelation. Yep. Chapter three again. Yes. We have moved on to the church's heart. Okay. I want to give you guys credit. Both of you said it, and I, I, I buffeted you. <laughs> I'm scared. I said that the church of Philadelphia was the only church that Jesus did not say anything negative about. The same can be said truly for Smyrna. Mm -hmm. I've done more research. You both said, hey, there's nothing bad here. Mm. And I kept saying, no, no, you can take this bad way. After much research, you were right. Wow, Dan. Should write that down? (laughs) I've got it in recording. (laughs) So, So, yeah. So Smyrna, he didn't really say anything bad there. I, <laughs> but you made a good point, though, about what he did say. So Yeah. But Philadelphia, we got nothing. Got nothing. Nothing bad. Well, we got something, but we just got nothing bad. <laughs> Let's make sure. We got nothing. See you later. <laughs> yeah. We're out. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> All right. So let's do like we usually do. You read the whole this whole gamut. Okay. And... um. Dan, you pray. I got you. And um, hey, by the way, the week you were gone, did you notice that I read and did not laugh? I, I did. I did. Well, you made no comment. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you commented, so. Uh, I did. <laughs> really want to do this? I want to air. <laughs> I, I blamed you for my laughter. <laughs> it just means there was less joy in the room without you That's here. That's right. See? There was a lot of nervousness on Drew and, and Dan's part because they were so afraid they would get in trouble with you. See, they care. I don't. I'm just like, hey, man. I just know with you two around, I have no heavy lifting that needs to be done. You know? I'm like, she's not going to get mad at me. She loves me too much. Do I get mad at anybody? Let me ask Tyler that. Okay, well, they- <laughs> <laughs> that turned around real quick. Well, I know about that. I take it she's not mad at me. She ain't throwing a brick at me yet. True. Yeah. Sure sign of madness throwing <laughs> bricks at people. Yeah. Okay. 
Still let's go. I'm sure. But anyway. Look, she's known me more than 10 minutes. I'm sure I've made her mad at some point. <laughs> I don't know. So, so that that, uh, that scripture, Mona. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're reading from Revelation 3. I'm going to start in verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven in my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for for the fact that you you come to us and you give us messages like this that that say you know our salvation does not depend on our own our own goodness our own willpower anything that we can bring to the table it only relies on the fact that we recognize you as God who sent a Savior and who loves us and who is all powerful and so Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would remind us daily that. Our only job is to glorify your name and to live our lives for you and you alone. And Heavenly Father, we just pray that that be the message that goes out today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, right off the top, first thoughts. What do you th- What's your thoughts about this church? Uh, well, they seem to be doing things right. I was about to say, compared to last week, this is looking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and our one guy, he said... Um, a lot of similarities church at Ephesus except for there's nothing negative here mm-hmm. church at Ephesus the main thing was but you left your first love mm-hmm. right we don't read that anywhere here right so I know that's sort of halfway down through and, and we obviously we got to talk about Jesus first um, but yeah so it's it's I, in my study um, a lot this church has a lot of similarities to what the church at Ephesus had Ephesus had had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But had lost right. to where this church kept it mm-hmm. right. and stayed faithful. Right. So one guy called this the Great Commission Church because hmm. it was their desire to be a mission-oriented church. Based upon that first statement, I have um, I have before you an open door which no one is able to shut. Hmm. You know, there's a, a lot of times we talk about. Um, Paul wrote that he wanted to go to Macedonia, but the door was shut. Mm-hmm. How many times do we look for that open door? That we can just walk through mm-hmm. and and do God's bidding. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> well, it's a true statement. It's right it's there. No, no, I'm thinking about what you said about how many of us do that. Yeah, because I, I think that's I think that's what I do. I mean, I think I, that's what I ask. I think most of the times I've had to approach situations that we are looking at doing and saying, if you know close the door if this is not where we're supposed to go. I think that's what most of us do. Instead of saying, God, 
we uh, I would say close the door and then God open the one that you want. Yes, right. Even if it's not the one I want. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the problem is a lot of times we say, you know, look, there's been times where I've been asked to do something and I know it's what God's called me to do, but I'm like, if you can show me any door that looks remotely <laughs> shut so that I can turn away from this thing, you know, and, and I love the fact that it's just a reminder of God's power, which no one is able to shut. Mm-hmm. If if God is calling you to do something, he's gone before you, he's fought the, the fight already, it's done. You're just being given the opportunity to participate in it. And no one can lock you out of that other than yourself. And, yeah. and a lot of times that's what we stumble on. <laughs> and as I read it, a lot of times God ain't take your butt out of the way. <laughs> that's <laughs> And make you throw you through that door. Mm-hmm. Uh, those loose translations. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at what he talks about. He says, angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? The words of the Holy One. Mm-hmm. And that's a reference back to the Old Testament. Right. Um, several times in Hosea and Habakkuk. Um, and I, I wrote um, down in Isaiah chapter 40. Um, we see one of these places. Um, you know, Isaiah 40. I know that's one of your favorite passages. Mona, because it talks about the the greatness of God, mm. where you know it's the whole who has measured the waters, right, the hollows yes, yes, of His right, hand, yes. and and still haven't written that block. Yet. Yeah, um, someday. And then it says this to to then, and this is the one of the key uh, verses of that passage because it sets up, although it's way in the middle, to whom then will you compare me, mm. that I should be like Him? Says the Holy One. Now, in Hebrew, there's no definite article there. It just seems holy. Yes. Which is another name for God. And he just keeps asking, who's like, who's like holy? Mm-hmm. Who, who's like holy, yo? Right. Uh, speak to the separateness of God. Too often, man, we want a God that's like us. Mm-hmm. We want a oh, God absolutely. we can put in that box that we can say, well, this is him. Problem is, that doesn't work for God. Right. I mean, just go read that chapter we were just in. Mm-hmm. You'll see how big he is. Right. And I was reading in, um, whew, I'm in Second Chronicles. Mm. Wowzer. <laughs> Although, you got to keep reading that stuff, man. I picked up on some stuff today that I've never seen, and I've read the Bible through at least 10 to 15 times, mm-hmm. if not more. And then there's some things they, but when in, I think it was, Asa, King Asa, who was a really good king too, mm-hmm. he's like, what can hold you? Right. You're the God of everything. Right. Right. And we know Solomon said that when he was, he goes, you know, the heavens can't contain you. How can this house that I built you contain you? Right. And we think you, you know, we sit, we often say we put God in a box, but I think we, as you were talking about that and said that, what I, the, the phrase that came to my mind was we want him to fit into our little world. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an even better way of putting that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and obviously he is so much bigger and so much greater and so much better than anything we could comprehend in our little world. Mm-hmm. Our world is little. Our lives are little. Wait a minute. So we go back to that, <laughs> to Isaiah 40 and, and speaking of that. So here's what he says is a comparison here. He said, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span? And then you get a little bit down there. He goes, behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. Yes, right. And are accounted as the dust. Yep. So he's holding all the water of all the world 
in the hollow of his hand. Mm-hmm. That means the very center yes. of his hand, right? Right. right. It's, That's not it's not overflowing out of it, right? Yeah. Saying this, it's not. It's not even not that it's not overflowing. It's not even going out to his fingers and the the. I'm trying to hold my spot here. Um, it's not even going to the ridge, right. as yep. it were. Yep. It's the very center down in that little mm-hmm. dippy part right there. Mm-hmm. The dippy part. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you get this idea that it's not, we're not talking about a struggle, you know, to, to keep it all contained. Like, no. Because he's so great. Yeah. Yep, right. And he compares the nation. Okay, so he, so if a nation is but not even a drop. Mm-hmm. Then how tiny are we? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, while you compose yourself there. No, so, right. Um, I just had a thought when I could not say it. <laughs> but we it, are like a mite off of a flea's back. <laughs> that is not what I was going to say. It was not inappropriate, but it just, I really should just say it from here. <laughs> But it goes along with something I was, but it goes along something I was thinking about, which is you know, look, it, it's anybody that knows me knows I, I've had health problems my whole life. But it, when did you it, get shots in your eyes? <laughs> and, and that's that's the more thing. than health problems, bro. That's exorcisms or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just proof that everything can be used for God's glory because I thought I actually, a lot of times when I'm waiting for that shot to, to come, what I'm thinking about is just how amazing it is. So often people are like, well, you know, look how many things we figured out. Look at, you know, we know the expanse of space and this and that. No, we don't. We don't but know the expanse the thing. of space. We don't even understand our own bodies to the point where, like, there are things that we can't cure because we don't understand our bodies. How dare we say that, well, you know, we're as, as you know, as good as it gets because we can't even figure out the thing we're contained in at this point. And, you know? and ask somebody to describe light to you. Yeah. Because literally I've read studies and they say, well, they know if they do this and this, it makes this thing called light. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and what I hear is we see the result of God's majesty, but it's so beyond us yeah. that we can't understand it. Like, and I, I give a lot of credit to a professor that I had in college, a biology professor, and he came in and he said, I, I, "We're going to talk about a lot of things," but he said, "What I want you to understand is that the more I have learned." the more I see those fingerprints of God all over creation. Yeah. And and I give a lot of credit to him because it wasn't a Christian school by any means, but hmm. um, it, it's just one of those things like it doesn't take long if you're looking with that purpose to see God's presence in everything on earth. Hence, he's the Holy One. Right. Absolutely. And it, it speaks to that that means purity and separatedness, mm-hmm. that he, he is nothing like us. Right. The only aspect of God that's like us is when he took on human form and came in the likeness mm-hmm. likeness of man. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there's there's nothing. And it goes yes, back we're to... we're made in his image, so yeah, I understand all that. But he is perfect. Right. He is holy. Right. He is righteous. We've got nothing mm-hmm. except what we get through him mm-hmm. that he purchased at Calvary. Yep. So, you know, anything else? Not yep. the holy one? Um, and then he goes on and calls him the true one. Mm-hmm. You got a little smirky smirk <laughs> over there. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, they can hear your smirk. It's my preschool teacher face. I don't know. <laughs> um, I well, just the true one. And you think about truth and how people try 
um, to distort truth or to make truth relative or, um, and yet it's, if you don't declare what God says is truth as truth, then you are declaring a lie. I want to just for a moment <laughs> to speak of the absurdity of that comment. That I just said. That you just said. <laughs> of the truth of that comment. The rest, not what you said. <laughs> well, that's what the, you it's said. the words that you said. No, it is what you said, but the absurdity of the truth okay. of that. That's going to be a very different episode for a minute. Okay. <laughs> People talk about truth is relative. How can that even be? Right. That's the absurd mm. part. Mm. If you have, if you say, well, you know, relativism and truth is what I think. That goes against the definition of truth. Absolutely no such thing as truth then. Right. If it's true for you, but it's not for me. Then it's not true. Then it's not truth. They're both a lie. Right. Yep. There's no such thing as truth if it's relative. Right. That's a theory. Yes. Or something along those lines. Opinion, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. opinion. Truth is what withstands the test of time. Mm-hmm. And in no matter the circumstance, situation, setting, status, or nothing, it's always true. Right. And if it at some point changes, it becomes a lie. Right. Well, but, and so... I knew I was going to get you on that. Why, no. Why, so then you have to think about why do people hold on to that relative truth? Because it makes them feel good. Right. And seeing. What were you going to say? You got the little SES going there. (laughs) But, I mean, because, like what you said, I mean, they want to be able to hold on to what they want to hold on to. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't like what God says is true, so I'm going to say that this is true for me, so that's what I'm going to hold on to, so I don't have to hold myself to God's standards. And that's the phrase that that has gotten so popular is, is I'm speaking my truth. <laughs> no, you're speaking a lot of something but it's not truth, okay? Um and and it but it <laughs> it goes back to the fact that we're getting so me-centric. Yes. You know, right. that that God has to be in my image, truth has to be what I want it to right. be and right. and it it's just a an absolute affront to are called to be obedient. Yes. You all right over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all got to stop. You're just, you're teeing things up, man. And I, I'm just having these thoughts that I'm like, I'm not going to say on air. Um, Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> well, after the true one. No, we're still on the true one. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I mean, let's be honest. And the, so, and people don't want, to find truth in Jesus because they don't. I have shown literally have people say, well, whatever, that, that doesn't make sense. And I'll show them a scripture. They're like, well, that's your interpretation. You know you've won mm, the argument yeah. when somebody in Christianity yeah. goes, well, that's your interpretation. No, honey, if I show it to you in black and white, that's not my interpretation. Right. It's truth. Right. If you, Jesus said this, Oh, John said this by way of him. In First John, it's now a podcast. <laughs> chapter 20. Chapter 20. Chapter 5, verse 20. <laughs> Thanks for that correction. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. Yep. And we are in him who is true, 
his in his son Jesus Christ, he is the true God mm-hmm. and eternal life. I mean, can John be any more right. clear? I was gonna say, right. if only there was a word we could yeah. use to get that. If across. only the Holy Spirit would have given him something to say. <laughs> and then we go to John fourteen. Everybody knows I'm the way, the truth, truth. and the life. Right. You, you need something. I was gonna look something up, but go, go for it. <laughs> I mean, the tr- I want to go back to this. I mean, you know, Pilate said, what is truth? And it was looking him dead in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. It, he was staring truth. Tr- truth ultimately, oh, this is going to be a great statement. Ultimately is not a thing or a concept as a person. Mm. Mm. So is there a difference between, this is what I want to look at, be, between saying the true one and what First John is saying there about true the true God and truth. Same roots. Is it the same? Yep. Looked it up. You did. Yep. You're ahead of me. Yep. It's because I work today. Yep. Grief. <laughs> <laughs> Shade. Um, I guess she's trying to say I didn't work today. <laughs> no, I was, was going to move along politely so we didn't get into this. Um, <laughs> Just speaking to my own truth. <laughs> well played. But yes, you, it has the same basis, the same root. Okay. You mentioned something earlier, and I, it, it keeps kind of floating around in my head. There's a lot of space up there. Um, and it's the this idea that it's, if it's true for one, it has to be true for everything to be to be true, you know. And you look back at, at for life of a better way of putting it, the requirements of salvation, and it's true for everyone, and it's obtainable by everyone. Yep. There's nothing put on that that can't be it doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter your your economic status. It doesn't. Nothing matters other than, you know, that you admit that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That you recognize that you're a sinner and that you that you need a Savior, and you make that profession of faith. Yeah. So it, it's it amazes me that you know down to that is absolute truth because anyone can accept. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. That was just my thing. Is that well? A lot of times we try to throw on these extra little things yeah, that no. that pertain to certain groups, when really it's Too that's often, the universal truth. And Ed Pope told me, "Don't get in camps. We we get yep. in a camp of of dispensationalism or mm-hmm. camp of amillennialism or premillennialism, and, and we just are tone deaf yep. to anything else. So don't get in camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's my camp, Jesus. Yeah." You know, and he because he is the truth. Yeah, he is the truth. He's the only one. Remember what I just said? Truth is really not a concept, a philosophy, or anything like that. Truth is found in a person. All knowledge and wisdom comes from him. Flows from his being and his mouth. Mm That's why it's a, that's why it talks about in, in Hebrews and Revelation of this sharp sword that comes out of his mouth mm-hmm. because it's true and it cuts to the very joint. Did I lead you somewhere else? <laughs> Sorry, my mind is spinning. So just keep going. You're all right. That must be a scavenger hunt. Isn't that a good thing? Though? I mean, it's a good it thing. Is, we, yes. We light them up, but, man. You know. I mean, you've been right sassy with me. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> um, but it is every, think about it. That's why it's the sharp sword. And mm-hmm. what the writer of Hebrews says, it's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts. The truth hurts at times. Mm-hmm. But that's why we're told to tell the truth in love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you need pe- what people need today is not another light show, and they don't need another um, 
pat on the back. Mm-hmm. They don't need 14 ways to have a new kid by Friday, and they don't need 14 ways to make joy come in your life. What you need is a good old-fashioned dose of Jesus, who's the truth, and tell you where you flat fall on your face, and you just mess it all up, and you need to get back right with Jesus. That's what you need. Yep. Okay. Amen. I just keep, okay, so when you were reading in First John and all I could think of is that when you were saying it was the true God and true God and true. And, and so I just kept thinking about would it veering a little bit away from the truth, which we have established that that's what it, it's talking about. But, but what does it mean that he's the true God, that he's the real thing that he is? Um, You've got the real <laughs> Um, and then when you think about when, when you think about in verse, I can't see seven, it. eight, nine talks about, <laughs> I thought you were still no, then verse nine, he talks about the synagogue of Satan. And when we looked at, um, Sardis and talking about those who pre- are pretending mm-hmm. to be those who are pretending to be Jews, but aren't really the. Sardis, who is pretending a church that is looks like it's alive, but it's not alive. And yet we can look at God and say, you are the true God. Mm. And anything else that we might try to put as God as our is not true. And, and I think that that's an important distinction to hold on to, because when you know that, then you can hold on to that and not have to be swayed by the false, the, um, the, things of this world that try and sway you that try to make to to pull you away mm-hmm. when you're holding on to that real the real god the true god yeah. oh god you are our god yeah you are the one true god yeah going back to the shema yeah <clears throat> so it been for all time right imagine that because what does truth do stands the test, test. of time right right always and we haven't even got to the third <laughs> definition of Jesus here, which is which is the one I was most excited about. We can be excited for five minutes. And yeah. and then it says, who has the key of David? You know what that means? Nope. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. I thought it was odd man out on that. that nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's it's it literally speaks um. Let me make sure I can read my hand right here. I didn't know it either. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> he holds the key to heaven. Mm. Yeah. It's really it's it's an old it's an old it's going back um, once again to something in the Old Testament, and it's going to um, remember what John chapter ten says: "I am the door." Mm-hmm. It's sort of a reference to that talking about, and then in Revelation chapter one, um, verse eighteen: um, "Fear not, I am the firstborn." Um, it's verse 70 fear not I am the first and the last the living one I died and behold I am alive forevermore and I have the keys mm-hmm. of death and Hades mm-hmm. which is sort of a reference he, it, some, some translation will say that the, the keys of, of life but David was going to be on the throne forever right. some of his persons so what he's speaking of is this eternality that he has the keys all the time he, Isaiah twenty two twenty two speaks of that yes. concept and so what he's saying here, once again, is what goes back to what you said, Dan. Here's the truth. You either go to heaven or you go to hell based on how you react to Jesus, right. mm. which is what Simeon told Mary and Joseph 
the rising and the falling of many mm-hmm. will be on this baby. And so that's the truth. You can you can do whatever, but here's the truth. Your eternity is based on what you do with Jesus. Yep. yep. Period. Yep. He holds the keys. You know, it's like the old preacher said, Satan's the only dude on the block that don't have the keys to his own shop. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I I don't know, man. We've been sort of sassy, frassy (laughs) all day today, but it's been good. Mm -hmm. Um, These definitions of Jesus are just amazing at the beginning of it. Yes, each one, yes. I don't don't think that I have had a proper um, look at that before we've done these podcasts. Good. I'm glad. Yes. It's, I mean, it is because I've always, see, I've always been drawn to them because Mm -hmm. let me make the tie in now. God can never act outside of his character. Right. We get a whole nother list of his characteristics. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you out there, first time listeners or, or non-believers may say, wait a minute, you just said God can't act out of his personal character, but this is Jesus. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Figure that out. Let me tell you, Jesus is God. Okay. Anything else? Are we good? Time's up. I'm trying not to get too deep into it. No, I think we're good. Because something you said a minute ago, I could really go off on. <laughs> um. Yeah. We're going to get into it next week. All right, well, let's break. Yep, go ahead. I'm just going to go, go oh, off of what... Oh, big thought. Yeah, big thought. We didn't yeah, do big thought. I'm going to go off of what you just said, and that is, you know, I'm going to tie it back to what Mona started with, which is God's not going to fit in your little box, your little world. The fact that we go through these and we see all these descriptions of him and every one of them is a hundred percent true. And he stays true to to every one of them without betraying another one um, speaks to how big he is. So never underestimate God's greatness. Yeah. Mona, big thought. Um, Well, just, no, I don't know. I don't have one. (laughs) Well, we're going to sit here till you have (laughs) (laughs) it. It's going to get real awkward real quick. (laughs) Give me something. Well, I was just thinking as, I knew she had as no, I, it's um, as we, as you say, as we look at each one of these, as we have looked at each one of these churches, and we have seen these um, characteristics of Jesus and who He is, and then looking at what He says to the church. I mean, He didn't just say these things about Himself in a willy nilly type fashion. Mm. He says these things in relation to them, the words that he has for the church, the encouragement he has for the church, the reprimand he has for the church, whatever. These things that he says about himself correlate to those. So what you're saying is that he was making himself pertinent to that church. Yes, right. Yep. I knew as soon as you started, I said, I I know. If that's a small thought, I'd hate to see your big thought. Good grief. I, that was I knew amazing. I knew right yeah. off where you were going. I was like, yes, yes, she's tying it all together. Good. Yeah. Great. So here's my thought. It's going to lead you into our next episode. Mm. This church wasn't really big. Right. Mm. It wasn't really wealthy, but it had the hand of God on it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So don't worry about. And a, when I was reading this and studying, I went all the way back to Samuel when he was looking to anoint the king after Saul and the first of Jesse's sons walks up and you picture this six foot six dude, yeah. 270 chiseled, you know, and, 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 you know, Sam's going, it must that's, be it. that's king, <laughs> buddy. That's the king. Yeah. And Lord goes, nah, I've rejected him. Mm-hmm. This church is the same way. You don't look at the outside. Right. 
You look at mm-hmm. what's on the inside. And these these guys had it going on. Yep. yep. Right. And they had the hand of God and the favor of God. Right. I want to do an episode on the favor of God. Okay. What that means. Okay. Write that down. With all the others. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this example of a great commission church that knew you in such an intimate way. As you look at all these, this really speaks of intimacy knowing you as pure and holy and separate from the ways of the world and being true and and having the keys of David, which is the keys to eternality and and all. So God, help us as, as part of the great big church. Desire to know you just like this church did, obviously. Lord, we so love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, hey, hey, my name's Hank Meadows. I'm pastor of Mary Baptist Church. Got my sidekicks with me. Got number one, my home slice, Miss Mona. She's been a little smarmy with me today. <laughs> Apparently, them little peewees got under her skin. And then we got over there. I know his peeps got on him. We got <laughs> Jelly Bean. Yep, yep. All right. God bless you guys. Bye. Bye, y'all.